Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Dave from Gaines for the third and final show in our collaborative series, where we've gone behind the scenes with Gaines and put the spotlight on the key industry issues impacting them and their clients right now. And we rounded out the series by talking all about delivering real results for customers. Customer-centric strategies are a real trend for 2024, and they link to a lot of other big conversations around technology, change management, and sustainable success in a disruptive market. So Dave and I tied it all together and really dove into the traditional approach to transformation projects and why the failure rate is so high. Utilizing a continuous incremental change approach to achieve those real results and stop that failure rate and what 2024 is going to bring for all of us. Lots of insights packed into this show. So I took you, I hope you took a lot from it, but if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 390. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. When you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur, Sarah Barnes Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network, focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community. The Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Before we start the show, I have a question to kick things off. Today's guest services the FM and MRO supply chains, but how much is the United States facilities management market set to be worth in 2024? Well, let me know your guesses over on social and keep listening because I'll let you know at the end of the show. So today I'm joined by an organization whose people, process, and technology have enabled the world's most efficient supply chains over 50 years. They've been on the show once before, and you're going to see more from them coming up this year. But can you remember who they are? Well, I'll reveal it all after the question of the week. So we ask you a question every single Wednesday morning on our LinkedIn, Let's Talk Supply Chain, LinkedIn, Instagram, and it's to bring the community together in conversation. And so we appreciate everybody who participates every week. Now, the question we asked you, what's the best career decision you've ever made. We had almost 400 votes and 29% of you said seeking further education. 28% of you said accepting a leadership role. 34% of you said switching industries and 9% of you said starting my own business. I think I was one of those 9%. Barath says switching from being a buyer into a seller. It was nerve wracking at first. Nobody wanted to talk to me anymore. Conference keynote speaker invites 
since disappeared. Even people at the cellar wondered why I would leave such a safe job. But over time, the joy of building products to solve problems way outweighs losing the perks of being a buyer at a global brand. Audrea, accepting a leadership role has been the best decision I've made. Even though I've learned so much about myself and my leadership style, I've also learned that at this stage of my career, people management is not something I'd like to explore just yet. Aaron, stepping into a leadership role many years ago was a significant growth and change agent in my career. I found myself actively learning and changing in motion. I was uncomfortable every day for a long while. Thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week, really shared your thoughts. We can all learn from you and be inspired from you. So make sure to come back every Wednesday morning, be part of that conversation. So now back to today's episode and which digital supply chain brand is joining me today? Well, it's SDI. SDI is the supply chain solutions and services company that specializes in helping large multi-site facilities and plant maintenance leaders reduce costs and risks while driving overall performance results and outcomes. And it's John Delegati, Director of Digital Supply Chain Transformation at SDI, that is joining me for the show with over a decade of industry experience, John has been named a Click Luminary three years in a row, alongside being the recipient of numerous other honors. His unique combination of innovation, dedication, and expertise makes him an invaluable asset to SDI and a trailblazer in the world of digital supply chain transformation. So today, John and I are going to be talking all about SDI's purpose-built Zeus technology. I love all these names. We're going to dive into the current challenges with data and why we're making such slow progress, the importance of understanding KPIs and how to choose the right metrics, the knowledge gap in digital transformation, and why SDI created Zeus Supply Chain Analytics Guidebook, which you are all going to want to get. It's an invaluable resource designed to empower teams with the insights they need to elevate operations and drive unparalleled success. You can find it in all the comments. You can find it in the show notes. We're going to link to it in the show notes for this particular episode over on letstalksupplychain.com. I highly recommend you go and check it out. So welcome to the show, John. Oh, appreciate it. First time, long time. Thanks for having me. I am excited to have you on the show. I mean, I had Chris on the show a couple of months ago, and he gave us awesome. a really great introduction to SDI and what you do. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go and listen to that episode because it really does a deep dive into how you help your customers, right? We also talked about risk, demand, and we even touched on one of your really great blog posts where you talked about progress over perfection, which I love. I even sell a t-shirt saying that. Wow, <laughs> so, not bad. Well, that's synergy, huh? <laughs> I know. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today, getting the chance to go deeper, find out more about Zeus. And let sure. me tell you, like, I love the names that people are calling their technologies. It's like pets, right? Yep, <laughs> um, yep. And, and this, this technology is really changing that game. So let's totally dive in. Let's start with an introduction. Why don't you tell us who you are, um, your background, what you do at SDI. And for anyone who missed the first show, just remind us a little bit about who SDI is, what you do, and how, how you help your customers. Sure. Uh, so my name is John Delgatti. I'm Director of Digital Strategy at SDI. Um, what that means is I get to do cool stuff with data. Uh, that's the best way I describe nice. it, right? So um, I've been with the company for seven years. Um, and, you know, we're, we're really a unique company. We help, uh, we help other companies streamline their supply chain processes, um, make sure they're running best-in-class operations, and uh, achieving best pricing and lead times possible from their suppliers. Um, so for my team, that means developing the analytics, um, the supplier scorecards, all the reporting we need to manage, you know, complex transactions for some of the largest companies in the world. Amazing. I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of fun on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to enjoy what you do. And, you know, I'm what you might call a data nerd. You know, I, I do very well in fantasy football, suspiciously well. Right. And it's because it's a data game. That's all it is. I keep telling my friends, it's not witchcraft. I work in data and it's a data game. Right. So, um, you know, I do enjoy the way that data helps us, you know, put together a puzzle that we don't necessarily know what it's supposed to look like. But we have all these different elements um, that we right. can use to put it together. And, and that's what we do here. Right. Because the supply chain is extremely complicated, uh, you know, to people who aren't in the everyday, and I'm sure you've covered right. it on the pod, 
But, you know, a ship in the Suez Canal throws off stuff half, halfway around the world. And, you know, people who aren't in the industry would never think about that. To us, Absolutely. It's like, um, <laughs> so, go ahead. Well, and I think you may have just made some new fantasy football best friends. So oh, if really? you do get messages about this, you know where it came from. All, All right. right. Well, good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll charge for that advice. I'll have to work up a picture <laughs> if it keeps coming in. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So now yeah. data is something we've been talking about for quite a long time. I feel like ever since I started the podcast, we have been using the word data for sure. one thing or another, right? Yep. For numerous reasons, we just don't seem to be making enough progress that we're still talking about it. So sure. what are some of like the main challenges that you see with your customers when it comes to data? Well, it, it actually, I'm glad you mentioned uh, that progress over perfection uh, blog we had done because it's it's a perfect uh, answer, right? Are we not progressing or are we moving the goalposts, right? Um, okay. If you look at what we have available today, in most cases, it's significantly better over what was available at your company before. Now, whether your company, where they sit on the analytics maturity curve, that's another story, right? There are certain industries and we deal with them, especially in the MRO and in the manufacturing, right? If you have plants that are out in the middle of, of more or less nowhere, and sometimes they just don't have the budget for the technology that other plants have, they're still going to be dealing with, uh, you know, the, the data stone ages, for lack of a better term, right? right. Um, so I do think that all companies have improved in their digital maturity. It's just a matter of what are your goals? And a part of that, I mean, about this time last year, all anyone could talk about for the last year has been generative AI, ChatGPT, right? That's something that's, again, moved the goalposts. Wow, what can we do with this? And really, well, people don't realize, you know, once you get past, hey, it can develop a cool vegan recipe with what I have in my fridge. Um, you know, it's can a data- it? I didn't even it's- know that. <laughs> oh, listen, uh, we could do a whole podcast on that, trust me. But, um, you know, once you get past those, you know, random use cases you can have for yourself, um, it becomes a data problem. What data can I feed this model that will generate a business outcome for me that's positive, that will improve a process, right? right. Um, so I, I think it's good that we're still talking about it because it means that it's top of mind and we're continuing to advance. And it proves that the field is ever evolving because if it was cut and dry, like you need to implement data, well, we'd be done with it already. And that's not the case. It, it, we're right. still talking about it because it's it continues to evolve and it's always relevant. Well, and I think it's a journey, right? All of us think that it's a des- destination, but we need to talk about it as being a journey because it's yep. something that you're, that, like you said, is ever evolving and yep. that we're going to have to do different things with it as we move forward in technology. But one of the things that I wonder um, around data is have people really cleaned up their data and they do it, do they do it in enough frequency that it makes a difference, well, right? Because Yep. Like data is only as good as the good data, right? There, right. But there's well, the bad data. Is only as good as what we're putting in, right? So yeah, it, it's a great question. And I think it really goes to cleaning up your data. When when people think of it, and yes, there's processes that can clean up data, but, but that's a process. Cleaning right. up your data, in some cases, is viewed as a one-time event. And when that's the case, you're not doing it right. What mm. you, you need to do is establish processes that will eliminate the need to clean your data in the future, right? So while, yes, there's always some sort of massaging that will need to be done to the data, we're talking about inputs and outputs here, right? And if you get a garbage input and you throw it into the world's best process, if it hasn't accounted for that variation, it might throw some smoke and gears might shoot out, right? But if you can help, you know, develop processes, right? So just in a basic sense, you know, if you're at a plant and you used to be able to order by typing in, I need a wrench, and now you have to type in a part number and a right. description. As simple as that, right? Now I know manufacturer name and a part number. I can cross-reference that with other orders and understand how many of those I'm using, right? Whereas if I get, I need a wrench, even if I get five people that say I need a wrench, I don't know which wrench it is, right? right. So, um, it's about establishing those processes for the long haul and data cleanup should be done either for the purposes of reporting, right? Taking your your ingested data and making it mean something, like right. a, a trick or, or put it into a scorecard. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you should be developing those processes to ingest that, I should say. And then cleaning it should sort of be, okay, you know, we've, we've identified this gap in our process. Um, how do we make that gel 
with the good data, right? And then it's an activity of making everything align. And then hopefully, you know, you combine those forces. And in the future, you're just, your process ingests good data and produces good data and knows how to handle the bad stuff, right? That's, that's yeah. the I feel like, you know, the Budweiser light when like somebody scores a hockey goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we need multiple of those on our desks at like one it. time. Yeah. So that when we do something and you're like, you know, it's like, eh, eh, you know, dee, dee. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be nice if it came with an easy button, but we, we, need, that. we need that for data. All right. So yeah. how let's talk about Zeus, because I mentioned sure. it at the top of the show. How does Zeus fit in? Because I think it's the technology behind your solution. Love the name. I'd like to know where that came from as well. And it has a like it just has a very godly name. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, tell yeah. us about how it's answering some of those challenges, you know, giving organizations power over their supply chains. What what makes it different to other technologies? Yeah. So, you know, it's purpose built for the supply chain problems that, uh, you know, the, the industries we deal with encounter, right? The pricing, the lead times, the operations, the inventory. So, so right. And when you think <laughs> about it, there's software out there that can do those individual things really well. And we're not just a software company. It involves service as well, which is why I'm careful when I say that. But um, because there's that element of the, the expertise and uniqueness of each of each account and each each client right. that we work with. Um, but it's the combination or the ability to see all of those levers um, in one view. You know, Zeus, think of it as all seeing, all knowing. I'm sure, you know, it was marketing and, and, and the CEO. I'm sure some combination of their those godly forces, you know, came up with the name. But, you know, if you think about Zeus as, as kind of sitting at the mountaintop and seeing everything, it's because oh. it's a 360 degree view of your information, at least from the analytics perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. So the Zeus analytics platform is unique. Because it can, you know, coalesce the inventory data from this system with the inventory data from that system and the purchasing data from systems one, two, and three. And, you know, the list goes on. But it understands how that data should talk to each other um, and using, you know, APIs uh, or, you know, direct connections to these systems, we can ingest that data and create that 360 degree, what we call the control tower view mm. um, that enables you to ask really impactful business questions mm -hmm. just ask them you know make a couple clicks of a of a mouse and you'll see the details of the problem that you're trying to solve right so you know hey why am i having a problem with late orders at this location oh well it looks like in this location uh the delays were january and february oh that's an alaska location they had two feet of snow just simple things like that right huh. that's an outlier we can explain it because we have data on the location. We have data on the lead times. We have data on when the delay happened. And we can track that with outside information to come up with these you know, conclusions, right? So mm -hmm. that's an example where there's a unique cause to your variation, right? Whereas another, you know, in another area, perhaps you're having lead time delays and it's because you're ordering through a single vendor uh, a significant volume who's just not performing well, right? That could be a legitimate cause of your delay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you would take your question and point it at your supplier scorecard and say, okay, let's take a deeper dive into this supplier, right? So it's it's that ability to see everything, ask powerful questions, and in a relatively short order, have a much better understanding of the situation and make an intelligent decision. I like Siri for your supply chain. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, generative AI, we mentioned that, right? So we'll get that in there. You know, hey, Siri, show me this. I'm sure it'll... But it'll yeah. be like, hey, Zeus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, we'll have, to get, we'll have to get a voiceover artist uh, coming in as well. <laughs> I Zeus, love that. <laughs> I can do it. Hire me. All right. All right. <laughs> um, and I think you also created an analytics guidebook to go alongside of Zeus, really. And for anybody looking for this resource, I just want to let you know, it's going to be in the show notes. You can also find in the comments on social media. We're going to put this link everywhere so you can go and get this guidebook because it's pretty meaty, right? Like it's a great resource. It's not the kind of thing I see companies giving away very often, if ever, so why did you decide to produce the guidebook um, and what does it mean for those who are going to sign up for it? Absolutely. So, you know, problem that we see or I'd call it an opportunity is the fact that in our workforce, um, more and more people are being asked to work with large amounts of data, interpret it, make sense of it, and then act upon it. And, and they're not necessarily trained to, right? 
Uh, I manage the analytics team. It's second nature for us. But it doesn't mean that your operator at a plant or your procurement professional or et cetera knows all the ins and outs of data, its behavior, why they, you know, right. can they identify why there's duplicates on this report? Would they know if there's bad data? You know, it, it could be as simple as looking at a sum, summary of the how much money did I spend column and it's $10 billion and you say that's impossible. We don't spend $10 billion. Some of it, right. you know, to me uh, or to a data professional may be considered second nature, common sense. But if you're not trained in that and if you don't know how to look for that, it's not. And, you know, there's simple uh, it's data literacy, data evangelism. There's things we can do to spread this and help ensure that the subject matter experts in their field know enough about data to be dangerous. Right. right. Uh, and, you know, one example that I'll give is the inspiration for the guidebook, you know, was was we were working with a client um, uh, and they understood you know, what cycle counting was, and they understood why they had to do it. But someone asked them simply, hey, can you define cycle counting? Like the definition. And there really isn't a, a Webster's Dictionary for some of these KPIs, some of these operational well, I terms. I do. I have a supply chain dictionary. Just right? So you know. <laughs> well, I'm sure you do, but it's not necessarily, you know, in the Webster's official, right? It, it's sort yeah, of its true. own thing. True, so true. that's what we're, that was the goal here is, you know what? Here is the English language dictionary of cycle counting. Here's why we need to do it. Here are some charts and relevant graphs that would show how this may be used to power business decisions. Right. That's that's the idea, right? You know, understanding the these people may work in the field and have so much experience doing the actions, but they've never sat down and had to, you know, define it, right? And and who mm. it's not necessarily something that they need to do in their day-to-day of their job. But if they understand it better, it, it helps them understand the organization better and make better decisions for the organization. But if they don't know how to do it, right? Sure. They've never really had to do it before. This is not their bailiwick, right? They're supply chain professionals, like you said. They're procurement professionals. All of a sudden, they have to read all of this data and be expected to understand it, right? And be able to, and expected to interpret it, which really is not realistic. I mean, let's be honest. And not all supply chain teams, not all procurement teams are going to be given the resources as far as, um, you know, employees or team members that are going to be able to love it, right? Because you have to love it, right? To really interpret it properly, to understand it, to be able to make the business case, the business discussions around what this technology actually means to your day to day. Um, And so I think that that's, like you said, it's very unrealistic for us to expect people, and especially if they don't like it, they're going to sit on it. Yeah. They're going to sit on it and they're going to put it aside (laughs) because they will get to it, but there's fires that they need to put out. There's a lot of things that supply chain professionals are dealing with. And so they need great tools. They need really, really good resources to be able to feel supported in their role and understand that this is realistically not something that they necessarily signed up to. Maybe they have, they've been in that role for a very long time. And so you actually call this, I think the data analytics Bible or something like that. So yeah, we, we, we ended up uh, revising it to to the guidebook or the playbook. Um, However, yeah, uh, that's how I would treat it. Right. Is, is it's your companion. You know, if, if the, the goal was to your point, it's a lot to digest. But was there a document that I could go in and say, control F, cycle count? What does it mean? Right. doesn't mean I need to study it every night. But if I needed you know to pinch, I need to know where it is. You know, something that you mentioned, and it's an important uh, aspect of this guidebook, is putting out fires, right? Now, they, data should drive the business, but the use cases need to come from the business, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the example of putting out fires just in general. A lot of these fires that we speak of could be avoided if you could see them coming, right? Predictive analytics okay. or prescriptive yeah, yeah. analytics, depending on you know how you're trying to approach it, right? So, you know, we've implemented alerts based on these analytics and we we use what we call uh, related KPIs and metrics to indicate some of these problems coming. So just as an example, uh, a fire that I would consider is say like a critical item being out of stock when someone needs it, right? A plant going down or a refrigerator breaking and, and all the meat goes bad, right? You get the idea. That, that That's critical. So we track, uh, and one of the metrics in the guidebook is, you know, your fill rate for critical spares and your on-time delivery for critical spares. Those are related. You are going to experience fill rate problems if you've been experiencing delivery problems for the last month, right? right. It's, a, it's, a, it's an indicator. 
So if you can have an alert that says, hey, for the last week, a lot of your orders are late and you might experience stockout issues, now you can get ahead of those fires. So you're right. You don't expect these people to come in and, and be data experts. But at the same time, if you use the data to your advantage, it enables you to run these best-in-class operations at peak efficiency because otherwise you risk being derailed by distractions, right? So the idea, again, there's always going to be exceptions, but if we can shake them out of the tree and understand why they happen, okay, uh, we might run out of stock next week because this was late. Maybe we need to place a hot shot order now to get ahead of it, right? At mm. least you can mitigate it before there's true damage. So um, it's why it's the imperative to use these types of technologies and have something like this available as a reference, because if you use the data, you can get you know far ahead of these challenges before they become fires. Well, and distractions. Yeah. We're all human. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. We're going to get distracted. Things are going to happen. Other things are going to take our attention away from what we need to do, and then we're going to come back to it. And so it's resources like this that are going to help um, supply chain professionals in their day-to-day. -day. Now, question for you. Is this resource for everybody, or do you have to be an analyst to understand it? It's a great question. Uh, you know, it would help some more than others. Uh, what I would say, though, is if your organization engages in any sort of you know op operations um, where you have boots on the ground, you're maintaining a warehouse, a site facility, anything like that, it's going to be helpful. It's akin to why they make you study finance in an MBA, right? Even though you may not be in a finance role, it really helps you understand the balance sheet, uh, cash flows uh, in making larger business decisions, even if it's not your direct role. So, right? so that's how I would describe it. It would be directly relevant to the work of a site manager or someone in procurement. But even if you're in finance or HR or any of those you know, roles that may not directly interact with the components of the supply chain, it can still help you really understand your business, which we all have our roles, right? But do we understand how it interconnects with the larger business? And uh, when we do, frankly, there's better outcomes, right? We can understand how one hand washes the other. Right. Um, so, so talk to me about that site manager. Sorry to interrupt, but talk to yeah. me about that site manager, right? Do sure. I use this resource, this guidebook to enhance my job function? And how do I make the most out of the insights that are inside? Like what difference is it going to make for me specifically? Oh, it's a great question. You know, so as a site manager, you are responsible for the operations aspects, for the receiving, the put away, the handout of the orders. Um, but you're affected by upstream um, issues in the supply chain. So right. you're not responsible necessarily for placing that order uh, or for finding the right vendor to fulfill that order in a timely manner. So if by using this book, it can help you understand, for example, the nuances of getting that item from the request to on a purchase order to your door, right? And you can understand where is the holdup. Maybe if you keep getting orders late, you can look into your supplier scorecard for your site and understand, hey, I keep requesting items from vendor A, when if I requested them from vendor B, they'd, they'd get here faster, right? So even though that's right. not necessarily his responsibility, he can understand and affect the outcome. Perhaps he or she could meet with their you know, procurement manager assigned to that account so they could talk about it, right? Hey, this is what's happening. I think it's because the orders are late. So what can we do about it, right? And then something else you mentioned that's important is how do you engage the content? Um, so like you said, it's a large book and you can download it. Um, for SDI, for our co-op members, however, and for our, our internal folks as well, but for members of our co-op who sign up, our, our new supply chain cooperative offering, um, this will be an educational resource that they're able to access as a class, right? So they can sign up X number of seats based on signing up for a cooperative um, to take these in bite-sized courses that explain to you what the definitions of these metrics are, how you can use them in your, your job function, and actually give a brief demo of our analytic software, walking through how a manager would use it in their day-to-day. -day. So right. that's what we're going to use and we do use to train our folks internally, but that will actually be available for our, our, our members very soon as well. What is the co-op? Oh, the co-op co is our... Oh, it's a it's a it's a solution that we bring to folks who uh, are looking for leveraged buying power, you know, in the uh, in the indirect in the MRO market, right? So okay. we've got a list cool. of suppliers that that have signed up, um, very robust, and we're signing up clients left and right. It's it's rapidly growing, um, and you know, training is one of the differentiators that we're going to offer as part of this co-op membership, right? You know, there's anyone out there that could promise you that you'll save X percent. That's great. How do you differentiate? Well, we can help you implement a best-in-class solution by providing these educational tools in addition to those cost savings. 
Everybody's looking at education. I love that. One of the things that I've been speaking to people about in 2024 is upskilling and the emphasis that they're going to be putting on learning. And so partnering with somebody like an SDI who already has that in place and knows where we need to be learning a little bit more. I mean, that's And you mentioned, you know, why do you put this out there? That's why. You know, we want to show that we're we're in a unique market position where we don't really care who you buy stuff from, we want to give you the best possible experience in the supply right. chain. So, awesome. you know, we figure that why would you put it out there? We want to educate folks so they realize, you know, all of the factors that come into play in getting that part from the requester uh, to the ultimate end user. Absolutely. Now, you spoke about metrics and KPIs. You've actually been sure. mentioning it a little bit. I think feel like you've been dropping some seeds for me. <laughs> um, but metrics and KPIs, they've been coming up a lot for me recently in conversations. Everything from gender to sustainability to, Absolutely. you know, supply chain, operations, even marketing. So this idea of moving away from cost only as a metric and setting KPIs that actually mean something to the business, right? Figuring mm -hmm. out what they should be in the first place, I think is a little bit hard, right? It feels like a goalpost that keeps moving. Mm -hmm. So how does this guidebook help people on the journey of figuring out what those metrics should be, those KPIs? Where do we keep ourselves accountable? How do we keep ourselves accountable? And what do like what KPIs are actually meaningful to what we do on a day-to-day? Absolutely. So at SDI, we track significantly more metrics and KPIs than are actually in the book. Our mission was to find the most meaningful crop of analytics to create a foundation for you, right? So okay. a little bit from operations, a little bit from procurement, some miscellaneous and data quality metrics. And the intent is to give you a foundation. If you ask me, they all matter, right? But reality is, if you're starting from scratch, right, you may say, I want to focus in on procurement. Okay, there's a procurement mm -hmm. section. I want to focus in on my suppliers. Okay, there's a supplier scorecard. You know, you mentioned cost-only metrics. Our supplier scorecard, while cost is absolutely a variable in analyzing any bid, right. their actual performance has nothing to do with cost. Right. It has to do with, are you delivering on time? Are you communicating that delivery time? Am I getting a tracking number so I can follow it and say, you know, package is on the dock and now you can finish the job, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's those types of things. So we're not even measuring cost. We're measuring quality metrics. So, you know, uh, for a company like SDI, we, we've been there for a while. But perhaps others aren't. And that's why we want to provide this as sort of that template. Now, folks can pick and choose what they want out of there. But having a target really helps. You know, mm -hmm. as someone who develops analytics applications myself, right, it, I can go in there with some assumptions and try my best and, and, you know, shoot with a shotgun. And I'll probably find a couple of metrics that matter. But mm -hmm. someone will probably say, yeah, but these five don't mean anything. What, what is that? And I said, hey, I was just sniffing around. But if you tell me I care about one, two, three, and here's how I want it to look, that's easy, right? Mm -hmm. So we're giving these people the target, the KPIs that matter. And then, you know, previously uh, in the conversation, you mentioned data quality. So then they can look at their data and say, do I have the data to produce this, right? right. That's be a fundamental question. But at least you have a target and you can work towards the target. Because if you don't even know if you have that data, it's a, it's a big, you, you can't eat the elephant, right? You need to take a piece that's digestible and see what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first initial questions are, what do I care about in that yes. particular element, right? Yep. Yep. And do I have the data quality to be able to back it up so that, you know, these are really going to be meaningful to me? Absolutely. Right. Yep. Yeah. I love that. And I like the fact that, cause like you said, they all matter. Yep. So when you said that, I felt like the overwhelm of the yeah. audience that's listening Absolutely. to this be like, okay, but what now? Because I got to start somewhere, right? I only yeah. have so Absolutely. much time. I only have so much budget. I only have so much. Da -da 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 -da. So yep. when you said that, you know, start in one corner, yep. start in one corner that means the most that you can make the most impact and maybe that you already know what you care the most about so that you can bang those KPIs off fairly quickly Absolutely. and put them into place. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier. It's a journey. It's it's iterative improvement, right? So you pick mm -hmm. a, a segment, you develop that segment, you share the success, you get other buy-in, and then you move on, right? Now, you know, you can also, and I mentioned it before, the business needs to drive the reporting. It needs to make sure that it's impactful, right? And, and how you mm -hmm. wrangle the data. So it's often helpful to nominate, you know, subject matter experts um, as sort of the champion for their vertical and say, hey, here's the four or five things I really care about. 
And then you can get everything together and create sort of that balanced view. Okay, what do I need to see? Um, you know, again, maybe the, the VP of procurement cares about 100 things, but these are the five that really matter and that he's going to want to communicate over to finance and vice versa, right? These are the ones that intertwine that everybody yeah. needs to know. So that's another, you need to have champions within the departments because if you walk around and just beat people with a data stick, <laughs> it doesn't quite work. <laughs> that's funny. Well, and the other, the other two, the other thing to consider too, is I said that the goalposts keep moving and that's yep. not necessarily a bad thing, right? What we right. care about today could change Absolutely. in a year, 18 months, two years. So we also always need to be going back to those KPIs and asking ourselves that question. Do we still care about these? If yes, okay, is there anything else that we care about that we're missing, you know, or maybe these need to be changed out. So Absolutely. I love this conversation because I, I think too many times we're like, like you said, one and done, right? Let's set these KPIs and then we're golden. But things are changing so quickly that you do need to go back and review them. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen, you know, with all the supply chain delays spawning from, from COVID mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the after effects of that. Um, you know, we've seen companies moving from just in time to just in case. That was another good one I, uh, I had in a blog, I think. But, um, you know, moving from not having anything in inventory and ordering it so it shows up right when you need it to saying, mm -hmm. hey, I don't know how reliable that is. And taking on millions of working capital and inventory, um, yeah. make sure they have the part, right? Going from trying to get by on the skin of their teeth to ordering two extra just in case and, and having them overheated. Right. Yeah. That was a big shift. And that happened right before our eyes. So mm -hmm. uh, who knows what will happen next? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what if what if I'm struggling with data? Like we've talked about data at the beginning. We talked about the importance of it, the challenges. Everybody's having some challenges, I would assume, yeah. with data. How yeah. does this guidebook really help individuals or maybe organizations struggling with some of the data challenges that we talked about early, earlier? How does it help them navigate through those? Yeah. So once they, you know, define what's important to them, um, you know, it takes leadership buy-in for sure, because it's generally transformational change that would power that business process improvement. But if you need to see cycle counting and your process is producing bad data for cycle counting, you need to fix the process. You need to go to the root cause and you need to understand why you're getting that bad data. Can we fix it with some coding? Is it a training issue? Whatever it is, right? So if you're struggling with data, this book would help you understand what's important. You work backwards to saying, what data do I need to calculate that? And then you assess the quality of that data. Is it good or is it garbage? As we know, garbage in, garbage out, right? So if we check the garbage box, then we need to go a step back and say, what process is creating this garbage data? And that is our first target. And it will serve us, you know, upstream or downstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you, um, I think if you misspell a word, right, in yep. data. <laughs> yep. Well, if you're going by descriptions, and that's why freeform descriptions are so difficult. Like in our yeah. field, when we're doing analysis on part numbers, you know, it's part IDs. You know, those are yeah. that's how we make items. If you want to create an item that says wrench, good luck. You know, we have a master data team. They're not going to let that yeah. one by. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> you are not going to get away with that one. But I mean, I mean, even on numbers, people make mistakes and things like that, too. Right? Oh, it's true. And, and you know, we account for that. You know, uh, for example, when we report analytics on spend, you know, how much uh, our transactional uh, dollar values uh, are worth. Um, we don't finalize that reporting until we receive a voucher and match it because we know that might happen. So you know what? If you if I send an order that says it's supposed to be five million dollars, um, we have things in place to catch it. But let's pretend we don't. Um, I would also need to receive an invoice that was five million dollars. And then someone else would need to look at it and say, yep, that's five million dollars when it's supposed to be five dollars. Right. So there's certain checks and balances in place to that effect. Um, but, you know. There will always be ways to inject bad data into a process, right? People or systems will find a way. So I, it's, it's not to say that you can avoid everything, but you need to understand uh, the universe of possible scenarios and then kind of target, you know, the yeah. ones that affect well, you. And that's just in supply chain. I need that for when I pay the government because I overpaid them a couple oh, months ago. Uh, and I needed that light going. Near, near, yeah, you know? yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you, you put an extra zero in there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. So um, digital transformation, it continues to be a hot topic, right? And yep. at the same time, we're hearing about extensive project failure when it comes sure. to technology. I think a lot of that might come down to lack of resources, lack of understanding, lack of support, maybe, right? Yep. And so yep. you've created this guidebook. We've been talking about this guidebook. And I think 
it can really help maybe bridge that gap, maybe lay the groundwork for success and support businesses with knowledge that they can understand and maybe actually action themselves. So is that true, right? Like you're going to go into the guidebook, you're going to be able to learn all sorts of things, but then it's going to give you sort of a map on how to take action on some of these things. Sure. So, you know, these metrics, again, they're the, they're the outcome of a successful process, right? So, you know, in order to have purchasing data uh, and, you know, let's say the metric you want to attack is how long does it take me to place a purchase order? In order to have that data, I need to understand when did the request come in? When did I place the order, right? I need two sides of the equation, right? So, okay, I have that information. Well, if the process isn't generating that information, and I mentioned it in an earlier answer, I alluded to it, that, that's a digital transformation project, right? If you're okay. using a system that is not recording the data correctly and you want to, you need to change that process. You need to overhaul it generally, right? So what this will do is by highlighting the things that are critical to your business, you know, as, a, as an organization, you could say, this is the most important thing to me. We are taking too long to place orders and it's causing delays in our process to repair an asset, right? We need to fix this. Um, based on this data, we can't even tell how long it takes, but based on anecdotes, it takes five days, right? Let's just make it up. Uh, at SDI, we, we seek to place orders in less than 48 hours. And part of that is because we're going out and doing competitive bids. So we're not just taking the first price and saying, great, thank you. We're looking at multiple vendors. Um, right. We can do it in a shorter time frame if, you know, say price isn't an issue, like mm -hmm. hypothetically, right? All that being said, if you know that you're taking five days and your goal is two days, that's not something that you're going to fix just by having the data. You're going right. to need to institute some significant change. Um, I would venture to say that in that in that vein, you would need a technological improvement. Otherwise, your staff is really just slacking and you're going to have to look in the mirror, right? right, if, right, right. if by saying, hey, giddy up, you can double your performance, you know, uh, that's a tough conversation to have, right? So generally, when you when you create these order uh, these KPIs, you can use a process called benchmarking to understand where you relate to the industry standard, right? Maybe you don't know that two days is best in class. Maybe you think five is okay. Well, you can either gather some data yourself from your peers or there's research reports available and say, what is the average requisition to order time? Right. What is the average on-time delivery for this commodity? Mm -hmm. And then you can compare your results to the industry standard. And if there's a significant gap, again, that's an identified opportunity for a transformation project because mm -hmm. your business is doing something outside of the norm that's you know causing you to. And that's really interesting because when you hear the word digital transformation, I feel like the first thing that we go to is this humongous project right? It's got to be end to end. Everything's not working and we need right. to make everything digital now. It's the transformation word. That's the problem. What it, what people need to realize is it's iterative improvement. And I know we said it with the analytics, but but that's what it is. If I can make a process 70% better today, isn't that better than doing nothing because I can't make it perfect, right? Um, it's not so much from the analytics perspective, but I've got some experience in the RPA field, robotic process automation, you know, little robots to do some of your tasks for you. And it's one of the shortfalls in that area is people, you know, expect it to fulfill 100% of the use cases. And right. it can do a pretty good job. It might not be able to do everything. And a lot of times you don't get the buy-in from even senior leadership in some cases because, ah, well, there's that exception. So people are going to have to do it anyway. And it's like, yeah, but if they were doing it for 40 hours a month, a month and now right. they're doing it for eight, you've got almost a week of, of, of time back for them to do yeah. other things, right? So. Yeah. I think that's what people miss with digital transformation sometimes is it doesn't have to be a change your entire company initiative. It, it can be, but it depends on your organization. A lot of times there's processes that can be improved that feed into the overall delivery, yeah. uh, client delivery experience. And that's how it should be attacked. Well, and that's more manageable. Yeah, absolutely. Think, and it's right? It's all about setting smart goals. Is it realistic to totally reinvent the company that in our case is 53 years old in you know, a few months? No. Can you fix parts of it over time and then boom, there's a transformation? Absolutely. That's yeah, much yeah, more yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, digestible, right? And not everyone has the funds to just completely change their company overnight on a whim, right? You need to take steps. You can't just well, you know, press play. And that's the impact that everybody's looking for, right? Right. We're not necessarily looking for making a huge impact right away and it's going to happen. It's yep. about taking small wins, and building on those small wins for that big win eventually as well. And again, it's not a destination, right? You're going right. to continually have to do this. So there's always going to be digital transformation. There's always yeah. going to be digital transformation projects. 
but they don't have to be super big and overwhelming and thinking that we have to change everybody's behavior because that's what we talk about when we talk about digital transformation. And it could be small things, small wins that are impactful, that meet, that are meaningful also to the team because that's what the team is looking for as well, right? They're looking to make an impact. They're looking to um, have meaning in their job and that could be the meaning that they're they're looking for. Now you mentioned uh, procurement as well. Yeah, for so sure. if I'm in procurement, I don't know, maybe I'm a procurement manager, VP of procurement. How would yeah. I use this guidebook? How would it help me and my team? Well, uh, as a VP, you know, um, you would generally understand most of these concepts. But you know, again, that that reference guide, Control F, look for what I need. Here it is. That could be helpful, right? Good yeah, reference yeah. book. Um, but really, it would help you set SOPs and train your team, right? So you know. Uh, in this case, we worked in conjunction with our VP of procurement uh, and his team to develop this stuff, right? Same with the operations team. We worked with operations, right? So yes, we're the analytics team, but we, you know, asked the experts to make sure we had everything, you know, on the up yep. and up. Right? Mm -hmm. So in an organization that didn't make this book <laughs> and was using it, um, mm -hmm. I would say that they could use it as a resource to train their staff, um, to reference best practices, and to make the team aware, not just of what they're tracking, right? So I keep referencing the supplier scorecard. It's based on how we measure suppliers. Other organizations might measure them differently, but the point of a balanced scorecard that's made up of percentages of, of mm -hmm. different metrics can still be valid, you know, regardless of the organization, mm. right? And then further down the line, uh, you know, like I, I referenced earlier, you know, it's helpful to know finance regardless of your job because it helps you understand the business. Um, it can help his or her procurement team understand what goes on downstream with the operations team, what's going on with finance and their metrics, or what's going on with the data team, and why are they busting their chops about setting up this item? Well, it's because they have data quality metrics that you're not meeting the right quality, so they're not going to set up your item, right? right. So it helps you know, enhance that organizational understanding and ensure that everyone's on the same page, right? There's not mm -hmm. two definitions of the same word, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, finally then, what does 2024 hold for SDI? What's to come? I'm excited. Well, you already let me tease the co-op, so I'll just I just want to say again that you know we expect <laughs> that to continue to blow up. Um, so you know this guidebook uh, should help light the way. Um, but we believe that supply chain co-op, you know, for the organizations that sign up will be extremely beneficial, and we'll be able to disseminate this knowledge to their team. So I am hoping in 2024 to spread the good word about data, uh, regardless of how you acquire it, and I'm hoping that you acquire it through our uh, our playbook here. Yeah, go check out the co-op, go check out the guidebook. Again, we're going to be putting that link in the show notes, in the comments of our social posts and all of that. And I'm I'm pretty sure you can find it on the website as well. So despite the huge amount of data generated on a daily basis across supply chain, many organizations are still failing to understand and analyze it, leaving them making decisions based on gut and not on accurate insights. Well, SDI are firm believers in data literacy with increasing amounts of data being generated every day, it has become essential for businesses to understand and make use of this data to stay ahead of the competition. So SDI aims to equip both their workforce and clients with the skills and knowledge needed to make informed decisions based on data-driven insights. Because by understanding how to interpret and analyze the data, you can gain a deeper understanding of your business operations, make better informed decisions, and achieve your goals. So if you want to find out more, you can go and check them out at SDI.com. And did you have a guess at today's big question? Well, at the top of the show, I asked you, today's guests serve the FM and MRO supply chains, but how much is the United States facility management market set to be worth in 2024? Well, the FM market size is estimated at $267 billion in 2024 and is expected to reach nearly $371 billion by 2029. Now, that is some growth, right, John? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I keep talking about the co-op. It's going up, up, up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, a massive thanks to the team at SDI for making this episode happen. And John, thanks so much for coming on, sharing your experiences, your perspectives, your insights. And I can't wait to hear about some of the transformations that we're going to hear about from that guidebook. So thanks for coming on and sharing with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I look forward to your book report on the guidebook. <laughs> <laughs> book report.
Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more like to hear more from us. We have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. Use the search bar. So put your keyword in. All of that content will come out. If you are looking for a solution to your supply chain challenge, we have most likely had them on the show and you can learn all about them before you get into their sales funnel. And remember to come back next week. I'm going to be joined by Peter from OneRail. We're going to be diving deep into the evolution of Final Mile, exploring how it has transformed over the last five years and dissecting the impact of the pandemic. Are we crediting the pandemic exclusively or are there other crucial factors shaping the landscape? Discover what the Final Mile looks like in 2024 as our expert sheds light on customer expectations and how these demands are reshaping operational strategies. And he comes from the client side and we did this live at Manifest. So I can't wait for you to uh, check that out. You're not going to want to miss it. If you enjoy our show, there's a few ways you can support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, also TikTok. You can subscribe to Let's Talk Supply Chain on YouTube and subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch over on letstalksupplychain.com in our shop for that supply chain or in your life. And if you're looking for a community, we have that for you. We've just launched the Secret Society of Supply Chain. We've got three groups. The Supply Chainers brings together people within the community but we also have exclusive content, best practices from some of the top level experts and executives in the industry. If you're a woman in supply chain, we have just launched our first cohort and the feedback is amazing. They are saying things like, we didn't know what to expect, but we love it. And we are so glad that there's a virtual monthly meetup for women in supply chain. And then thirdly, we've got a virtual monthly meetup uh, for marketing professionals in supply chain called the Creative Room. And we are partnering with the Supply Chain Brain on that one as well. So there is so much to choose from, something for everyone. So head over to the Secret Society of SupplyChain.com and choose the right group for you. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.